0: Back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting, listening in and listen in.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to Bass University Live here on Tuesday night.
2: Take a quick break, watch John Cruises on the Tokyo rig,
3: be a part of the show, get some chances to
4: win some awesome prizes. As fast you go, you know, we didn't have that back then. It, 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 it just,
5: gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to Bass University live. On Tuesday night, it's good to have you guys with us. Uh, we got a great show tonight. We've, we're going to be talking about frontal conditions. How many of you guys went out and hit the wall with these first frontal conditions that came through this year? Uh, I know a lot of us did. We're gonna, A lot of us were real active here on the panel. Look forward to talking to everybody about that. And we've got Jody Queen, professional kayak angler, is going to be with us tonight with a big... Announcement uh from our boys at Cash and Fishing Rods. I'm really uh excited to talk to him about fishing, about uh, you know, how he got into fishing, how the kayak uh fishing world is, and how what's going on with cash and rods? Got a brand new announcement uh with Jody coming up here real soon. So we look forward to talking to him, talking to you guys about fishing. Man, bring your questions. What, What did you guys do? Were you fishing this weekend? Did you hit the wall? Did you get smashed with these fronts? What are the fish doing? Where did they go? How would you catch them? I want to hear from you guys on how you survived, how you got through it, and uh, some of your favorite uh, fall transition tactics to catch them wherever you are around the country. Uh, one of my favorites is cranking. It's my favorite time of year to be cranking is in the fall, and uh, we're going to be talking about all that kind of stuff. So that's the show tonight, guys. Look forward to it. We're going to have a great show. We've got a great panel tonight in studio. We've got GDP with us again. I'm not there with you, GDP, but I'm glad to have you with us tonight. Good to be here, Pete. And I do miss having you by my side. <laughs> I, I know that's that's a big table there. You're you're occupying all by yourself. It's all mine.
2: <laughs> I'm just a little a lot of fella, room. <laughs> just a little fellow at that big table. Whatever, Brian. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, glad to have you with us. And, uh, and from Georgia, our boy professional fish head is with us tonight, JK. Hello, hello.
5: Hey, hey, great to be here tonight. Really excited to dig in uh, with Jody and, you know, dipping our toes in a little kayak fishing tonight. Um, but then uh, also just this post-frontal madness that some of us experienced this weekend. And um, man, I just had to make it a pros panel. Reached out to a lot of our guys. Cannot wait to share uh, some of the things. Uh, just straight up juice, man. Cannot wait to share share that later in the show.
1: I can't wait either. I love the pros panel. I love uh, all of our guys uh, chiming in, and uh, that that's really cool. Uh, oh yeah. We saw one of our guys uh, on the Ike Live Show. I want to go back and give that a listen? We had the Ike Live Show, and we had two of our boys over there. John, actually three of them. John Cruz. We had Freddie Boom Boom, Ron Bannis, and awesome. for about five seconds we had Ish Monroe.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say we had two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what what happened? What happened, BTC? Did you chase Ish off the show?
2: Nah. Uh uh-uh. Let's move on. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: Nothing good
2: could could, could come uh, yeah. of this conversation. I
1: promise. Yeah, open it up, open up some fresh wounds. Too fresh too soon? I get it. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I guess
2: I missed something. Nah, it's just the same. Uh, same thing, oh. same yep. as whatever was.
1: Well, well. I, when when I talked to you earlier, it seemed like we were having some trouble. But you guys did a wonderful job, Riz and BTC, getting us up and started yeah. right on schedule. Thank thank you guys.
3: Can you Richard? Oh yeah, <laughs> just another uh, smooth smooth start here in the Bash University Live Studios. Everybody was happy and joyful as we got things started tonight. Um, That's right but really happy to be back on again with our guys uh, excited to talk to uh, Jody Queen and dip our toes a little bit into the kayak world um, got a lot of got a lot of people already chiming in on the message board it's going to be a fun show for sure and uh, if you're not signed up for Bashu TV now's a great time to join the program use the code BUlive30 and you can get 30 days for free unlimited access to our over 800 videos on the Bash University TV website All the best anglers in the world in one spot to help you become a better bass angler.
1: Yeah, what a great deal we got going on right now. It's $35 for a three-month subscription, and we hook you up with a $25 Tackle Warehouse shopping spree. So it's a great time to get over, check it out, get yourself all schooled up. I know uh, Jake is back to school, and uh, it's time for all of us anglers to get back to school. Now's the time. Uh, so, uh, so go check that out. And it's also hurricane season. Why is that key to us? Because you need to go over and get yourself an empire boat cover, uh, and keep all mm. your gear covered. Uh, this is the time all, all the fronts are coming through, the weather's coming through. Uh, you need to take care of your gear and there's no better way to do it, uh, than empire covers We get, we have an amazing 15% off discount for all of our Bashu people use the code Bashu 21. And, uh, I, you know who you are. You're, you're, you're the guy, you're the one that has the cover. That's got a little tear in it. Uh, you, you know, you've been putting it off, putting it off. Now's the time we're making a great offer for you guys to go out and get your gear covered. Even the jet ski people, we want you guys to get those covered too.
5: (laughs) Do we? Do we really?
1: (laughs) Yes, we do. We want them we want them to take responsibility for their gear we want them to be covered too so uh we got that going on man and we're we're giving away a cash and fishing rod tonight uh courtesy of Jody Queen and cash and fishing rods uh which we're real excited about um and that's just one of the giveaways tonight we've got uh Riz, we've got a lot of other things going on tonight. What, what, How, how can the folks win some prizes?
3: That's right, Pete. Uh, as always, we got, um, we got some Gills Gear gift cards going out the door tonight. Uh, we're going to be sending them out for uh, some of the questions that we bring in on tonight's show. And guys, remember, in order to ask your questions during the live show and win prizes, you have to be a Bashu TV member. Uh, so, so don't wait. Head over now and get signed up. As well as, a, a, in addition to a Gills Gear gift card, we're also going to be doing a $100 prize pack for a... Uh, for, oh, no. We're not doing a prize pack for the grand prize because that's our fishing rod. Yeah, that's that all we're fishing giving rod. Right, right right, right, right. Yeah, right so we're giving away a cash and rod. As you just said, Pete, I corrected myself there. <laughs> yes, Brian, <you> <laughs> Brian would have corrected me I, if I didn't. Um, we're giving away a, 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 brand, a brand new cash and fishing rod uh, for new. our grand prize. Brand new in the box right to your doorstep. Uh, and, yep. guys, in order to win be, that-, that,
2: that new rod's getting released October 1st.
3: Yep. So, it's a brand new series,
2: and we're going to be talking about that later. It's one yep. of the things we're talking about.
3: So, uh, so in order to win that, you got to be a BU TV member. Um, and also, there's going to be a Facebook like and share uh, as well at the end of the show. So, if you're watching us over on Facebook and you're just kind of milling around and you don't want to get around to signing up, you can still win something tonight as well. Just like the feed and share the feed to your page and you'll be entered in for a random drawing to win a prize at the end of the show.
2: That's right. And the guys on YouTube, I forgot my iPad. I'm going to try to go get that. And we'll have a chef's choice pick. That's right, because you guys are awesome. The questions are way better than the guys on Facebook. No offense. Actually, <laughs> all offense. Um, YouTube oh. brings it and Facebook. Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry for the honesty.
1: Hey, we love all you guys, man. Bring, keep bringing the questions. and yeah. we're, we're glad that you guys are watching this over on YouTube, and uh, you know, I, maybe you're watching us on the BashU app. I know a lot of people have uh, subscribed to BashU TV, and I run into them all the time, and they're like, what, you guys have an app? Yes, we have the BashU app, and it's free. Go over uh, to wherever you buy your apps and, and download the Bash University app. It's an amazing way to, uh, to check out BashU TV when you're on your mobile device. Uh, go get that, check it out. And pro member benefits. Oh my gosh, we have so many. We talked about uh, the, the Empire covers. We have so many great benefits as being a Bashu subscriber. Forty percent off Rapala VIP membership. Flambo, are you hunting? We know who you are because you were all watching Bash University TV like crazy, and now you're out in the woods. But guess what? Well, Flambo has an amazing line of bash uni- or uh, of hunting products. For all of you guys, and as a subscriber, you get an amazing 40% off to that. 30% off Missile Baits. Um, we have 25% off Gills Gear, Empire Covers. 15% off Clear Power. JK, I am getting my Mega Live installed tomorrow. That's what? Right. Mega Lives going on the, bath, the Dean's rig. GDP, I'm going to need a tutorial from you.
4: Yeah. I, I know if I was live. Yeah. Um, any, anytime Pete, you, uh, you want to meet me somewhere I will show you how to catch them off of it.
1: Now, Awesome. I can't wait. Um, it's, they're going, the mega lives going on. It's going to be talking to my Solix units and, uh, can't wait to have a look at it and, and that's going to be brand new, but, uh,
5: but hey. see <laughs> power. Pete, hey, are they going to let you come back? Are they going to let you come back to the BFLs next year? You won. You won Angler of the Year with no forward-facing sonar. <laughs> uh, I know. Imagine.
1: Imagine. Imagine what could be now that I have forward-facing sonar. Now the Dean's gonna be picking them off. I know. Like a video game. I would have liked to have had that up on a Thousand Islands, but I. It was awesome. I I did it all with 2D sonar 360. And oh. uh, so 2D still, got, works, man. still works. Paper man. using a sundial.
3: Now got another
4: tool.
3: Imagine imagine what's going to happen. It's going from paper maps and a sundial to Hummingbird Mega Live. Forget about it. It's over for you bitches.
1: <laughs> uh, good good lord, man. I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going I guess I I may have actually have to upgrade my Black Sankos. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we have to so, we'll follow
4: him, we'll... <laughs> I use my I use my day actually. Not my Sanko, my Mega Live. Oh yeah? Yeah. I did. Is that is that how you caught them today? Uh, not all of them, but a handful of them, yes. Nice. them awesome. yeah. yeah. Off a of chatterbait, off mega live. Shallow, shallow water mega live fishing. Yeah, I was in like five or six. I'll tell you the the crazy thing is, like all these lakes around here. I mean, it's probably anywhere mm. but like you span that mega live around, dude, you see fish like everywhere you look. Not bass, but just like. Yeah. You know, perch crappy i mean they're everywhere now does that freak you out when you're fishing it like does I, it's like wow yeah you know it, it's amazing how many bites you don't get yeah like you're,
3: you're not fish getting fishes. bites like damn yeah. i'm really messing up
4: i'm telling <laughs> you like you really can't turn it and not see fish seriously yeah it's like that hmm. yep
3: so it's me ama-
1: it's amazing how bad of anglers we are with <laughs> right. all those fish I around i was thinking i was talking with gray buck and he said he was telling me about his aqua view Mm -hmm. and he's like it's amazing you know you put the aqua view down there and you you can see so many fish and you're you're like how come i'm not catching them on every cast you know um but uh there's so many around us where there's got to be more and more and better techniques to catch them and that's what we do here at bass universities keep learn how to do it learn how to do it better i'm going to be doing it with mega live and thanks to C-Clear Power, we've got 15% off the C-Clear Power harness, which is an amazing, amazing tool. I've got four Solix units that are, that are using that harness, dedicated uh, exclusively to supplying power to those units. I, I never lose power to my starting battery, and it, it's a, the clarity, lack of interference. Check it out, C-Clear Power. So many other things over there. Pro member benefits, being just being part of our family. So we appreciate all you guys, and a lot of more great things coming. But we're going to take a quick break, uh, and we're going to be coming back with Jody Queen, professional kayak angler. We're going to be talking about we're going to be diving in with his techniques, his tools and techniques in the in, in the kayak world, and how he got started. And then we're going to be diving into how to catch them in these early cold fronts, these tough fall. Transition periods that we're all going through. So hang in there, we'll be right back with Bash University Live.
3: Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun.
0: Aqua View. Seeing is believing.
1: Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. It is the sensitivity of the rod.
2: That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when
3: I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruise Wormer series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks. that Boom goes the dynamite.
0: Some would say obsessed. There's no place on Earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder, gills performance fishing
1: 2021 red crest champion dustin connell here and if you watch live coverage we just got
6: done at lake Ufala. i caught my fish using the active target with lawrence what you didn't see is i run a sea clear power harness in my boat one of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units and what that's going to allow me to do is i'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m just as good late in the day y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com
0: You take pride in your boat, so it deserves the best protection possible. Our durable woven fabric prevents ripping and provides UV protection. And our tape seams provide protection against the elements. The heavy-duty shock cord hem and strap and buckle system provide a tight and secure fit. Our top-of-the-line boat covers come with a ventilation system to keep your boat free from mold buildup. Empire
5: Covers. Protecting what you love.
2: And we're live. Oh, crap. And there we are. There we are. All right. Sorry. Welcome back.
1: At, welcome, back at, welcome back to Bass University Live, everybody. Uh, what a great show tonight. Uh, we've got Jody Queen Professional Kayak Angler uh, on. And also, we're going to be talking about that fall transition. What are the tools and techniques to get you uh, through that fall transition? So, um, without further ado, I see them on my Facebook feed uh renaissance man hmm. <laughs> professional kayak anger we're all glad to have him with us tonight jody queen how are you buddy hey guys
6: thanks for letting me be here what's up jody
1: hey buddy <laughs> it's great to have you you're calling us from your uh from
6: your kayak man cave where, where is that I, i'm in bluefield west virginia and uh you know, apart from fishing, I'm also an artist, and I'm a vice president of Gary Bowling's House of Art, which is a nonprofit that helps our local artists here in the Appalachian area. And I lived in a 33,000-square-foot building, <laughs> and we're we're renovating it, and uh, I'm just lucky enough to have this room for my kayak, so 14-foot ceilings, and I love it.
1: Man, I, I might take a little bit more square footage for my kayak. Yeah, hold
2: on, hold on, Jody. Can you double back on that? I, I missed it. What's Where are you at? I'm in
6: Bluefield, West Virginia. Yeah, the building. Oh, the building, is, it's called the Old Ramsey School, and it's 33,000 square feet. And uh, we're a group of artists that are trying to uh, refurbish it, you know, renovate it. And uh, we help out our local artists in the Appalachian area, we try to teach them how to market themselves. And we have a, a full gallery downstairs along with the museum that we can display their artwork. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do in my off time. Dude, That's way
2: cord and bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what year's the building?
6: It's 1924.
2: Okay. Wow.
6: all right. Wow. Dang. So it's almost a hundred years old. All right.
2: It was- any cool architecture
6: right from a 100-year-old 2 by 4
2: oh yeah, yeah. Ironwood.
6: you got some cool <laughs> architecture in the building oh yeah yeah we still got some of the reliefs and stuff on the front of the building and uh it's just a really cool building the archways uh, at the entrances oh. are all you know we got the keystones and oh, it's it's God. a beautiful building Damn. but uh yeah well i I'm, noticed when you I'm when distracted. you, you
1: were sorry. showing us around why were we talking about it yeah, I mean this building was in uh,
6: Ripley's. Believe it or not, man. No kidding. Yeah, because it's got seven ground floor entrances, but it's a four story building. Oh, so, so
2: a lot of escape routes. What was going on there?
6: Exactly, pretty much. So what happens is it's built into the side of a mountain. So what? And you're looking out huh. the building, you're four or five stories up at the back of the building. You can walk out on on, on land.
3: God. Wow. <laughs> All
2: right, dude. Screw fishing. Just take us on a tour of the building.
1: <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> get that along. Yeah.
1: I, I I noticed when you were taking us on
6: the tour, I thought I saw something on the ceiling. Yeah, uh, my ceiling is actually a topo map. What? Whoa! Yeah, it's complete with lakes, and uh, I haven't put my uh, my lines on it yet. My, my
2: uh, Pete, let's see yeah, your right. ceiling. <laughs> 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 oh my god look at that i have that yeah, that's pretty cool that's what i figured
4: what is it i was just expecting
2: a bare light bulb that's where
6: jk <laughs> looks right yeah light bulb no, yeah. no i even got no, a volcano got nice lighting well that's a better
2: picture than what we're looking at justin
6: I all
5: right she didn't want me to have the uh, new kitchen in the background because it's not Kim- fully renovated Kimmel design has been me? at
3: work huh Dude, oh that, yeah,
5: she's always. That I,
3: I, that's not what your house looked like when I was there in in July.
5: Looks a little different I, now. I got
2: to talk to Cat because we're looking at a blank wall and it's pretty awful in that kitchen
5: behind. <laughs> dude, uh, dude, and- just a teaser, but in a week or two, I will be in my new office for Ooh. these uh, for these live shows. I'll be, I'll finally be there yeah. in about a week or two. Sit on
2: the other side of the table.
5: Okay. <laughs> they want me to sit on the other side of the table. Cat, I showed them. Shut them the kitchen
2: over. Yeah, the the backgrounds. Blank wall. <laughs> yeah. it's killing me.
4: <laughs> Brian, uh, minimalism. What's, what's your background?
2: My here.
4: Yeah, horrible yeah. uh, dude. Black wall.
2: Well, yeah. this ain't my house. I can't control it. You can. It, yeah. No, if it was my house, it'd look different. <laughs>
6: yeah. All right, Let's talk fishing. Look like Van of
1: white. <laughs> like. Them. Well, we look. We love we love your, uh, your house, the artwork that you're doing, Jody. And, uh, you, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. And, uh, I'll invite if people want to check out what you're doing in that arena. How do they follow you on social so they can see some of the stuff that you're up to?
6: Yeah. So you can follow us at, uh, Gary Bowling, or I'm sorry, the house of art at Ramsey school. Uh, that's, that'll get you into the school. And if you're getting into, uh, my fishing pages, you're, you go to, uh, on YouTube, Jody Jody Queen Fishing on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, and uh, that, those are my fishing pages.
1: Well, everybody's going to go check them out, and uh, you're a professional kayak angler, man. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, man. It's it's a it's a challenging, um, you know, making a living in the fishing world is is challenging. You're trying to make a living doing what you love to do. You have figured it out man
6: how, how how's it going and, and how are you able to get this figured out uh man I, you know, it's, it takes a lot of time on the water to uh and it, and it's, it's a lot of strategy i mean i like going for big fish but if you can consistently place you know in like top five stay in that area you can make a little bit of money doing this i mean uh it's getting better uh some of the uh the bigger sponsors are good. they're kind of like Right now, we're in the stage where the, the bigger sponsors are just kind of dipping their toes in the water. There's mm-hmm. been some really good sponsors jump in, like uh, DZ Truck Accessories and, and Realtree is with us this year. So, I mean, we're getting some good sponsors, and we're, we're starting to open some eyes. So, uh, it's going to get better. I mean, th- we need those sponsors in this in this business. It's virtually untapped, man. I mean, we're still young. but It's still in its infancy, and uh, our purses are growing. Really well. Uh, our national championship. Uh, I'm getting ready to leave here for uh, Shreveport, uh, Bossier City, and uh, Louisiana down there. We're going to fish Caddo Lake and some of the surrounding lakes. Are in this? It's uh, uh, the Yakutak, uh, uh by Torquedo a national championship uh, presented by Torquedo, and it's going to be the it's going to be all out war down there. There's going to be over 300 anglers, most likely, and uh, uh, the field will be cut to 100 on the last day. It's a three-day tournament and. Uh, we also will be doing at the same time. We're going to be doing a, uh, a, a the Trail Series tournament for a kayak bass fishing, which is KBF. Uh, also, uh, Real Tree is uh, sponsoring that and it's presented by DZ Truck Accessories. And I mean, our payouts right now are. I mean, these these payouts you can make a hundred thousand dollars down there. You know, well, I, like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It, it's I can remember when I first started this, you make five hundred bucks and you're like, all right, man. You know but, uh, yeah I mean you know you can make some decent money I mean you're not going to get rich right now but you can make some life-changing uh, money in the last couple of years we've already had one tournament that paid out over a hundred thousand uh, dollars with kayak wow. uh that and that's not total guys that's first first place a hundred grand
5: no so, I mean, it's,
6: it's getting there and that's why we're you know we're starting to see some some of these uh some boat guys move over to uh you know to the kayak scene. Yeah, we we know somebody that has gone over there. And, and, <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, yeah, I, you know I fished against, like, on the uh, Susquehanna River uh, last year, and it was. I, I love Mike, man. I really do. Like he came up to me after the tournament, and he looked at me and said, "I've got a lot to learn about kayak fishing. <laughs> but it's, it's just totally different, you know." And uh, and man, he he done real well at the uh, on the Potomac this year, and he and won his first one. I was so proud of him, happy for him, man, and. I, I love seeing these guys, you know, the Jordan Lees and, and of course Ike and, and uh, Randy Howell and all those guys. You know, I love seeing them in their, in their kayaks when they're out on the water because it's really good for the sport. And you know, Bass has got the kayak trail now. Uh, this is going. This was their second year, and they're coming along. Hobie also has a series. There's three really main series out there. Yeah. There's more coming up right now, so uh, we're starting to get some choices out there, which is really good.
5: Yeah, Jody, you made a comment that it's, it's a
6: lot different, right?
5: You know, and Mike, Mike said he had a lot to learn. He obviously went back and learned. Um, he did. But, he's a quick but, study. Oh, yeah, he is. he's a quick study. But yeah. what is the biggest difference? I, I want to talk about a lot of differences while we have you tonight. But what, sure. what's the biggest difference that, that yeah, you think?
6: I think the, the first thing that comes to mind – is the the areas that you fish you, you kind of get to know like your your back of your hand but you're, it's a, it's way more intimate because you're you mm. you you can't pick up and move 30 40 miles you know uh, you can't uh, leave the ramp and travel 80 miles to get up in the Detroit River from East West Harbor you know you can't you can't do that uh, so you know, when you're picking your areas, you do a lot of research. It's a lot of research involved, and and you say, okay, well, there's a ramp right here. Now, one one advantage we do have is, if it, we we're allowed to uh, launch from public ramps, so we don't we're not, you know, relegated to one ramp, which is mm. a different boat world, and it helps. It it does help, but you know. You know, by the time you're through pre-fishing that spot, you're in such a small area. You know, where every stump, every rock, every ditch, every you know, contour drop, you get to know those areas a lot better. But you have to because you're looking for the most fish in one single area rather than the most fish all over the lake. Mm. So, so it yep. it, uh, it it definitely is is different in that aspect. Yeah, it's it's interesting because
1: I I mean I've we have. I have bass boat, but I've been in many situations where man, you're you blow your power head, you lose your lower unit. And yep. all, of, all of a sudden you're fishing in this exactly. in the, in this environment where you have to you have to throw it all away and say, look, this this is what I'm I have to become intimate with this area. I, I yeah, like how you so, phrase that.
6: Yeah, and so yeah. so that's a trigger. What that does is it, it triggers something into you. That, that says, Hey, I've got to slow down. I've got to look at this a lot closer. Mm-hmm. It, so, so it, it, those are things that it's, they're like triggers. They tell you what you got to do because you can't go anywhere. Right. So uh, now I will say this with the advent of, of putting on a torpedo is a motor company out of Germany. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yes, uh, we are. Well, Hey, we're motorized. The kayaks now are motorized. We have, you know, I have active target. I have, uh, you know, uh, A torpedo on the back of my my kayak and it's just i I joke a lot with people i say you know i have everything a bass boat has got except for the payment you know (laughs) but but it is and and
1: we have you can have my payment if you want jody i can save you
6: some (laughs) 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 okay but but it is man i mean it's uh you know the technology for this sport is growing in leaps and bounds uh it's you know created jobs and created companies like yak attack who makes all the accessories for the boats i use i mean we got rod holders we got you know uh tackle systems and none of that existed before this sport really started getting going i mean and there's yeah. still areas of this sport that, that that we need manufacturing and so it's you know it's uh it's taken off and it's i've seen it grow in the last six years and uh i'm just you know, I can't wait to see what's happening three, five more years down the road.
1: Well, you're you're advanced. You're a professional kayak angler now. How how did you get involved in this? How, how did it happen for you?
6: Man, I, I tell you, I, I think the first. The, I used to be a wade fisherman. That's all I did. I wade fish, and, and I grew up. I cut my teeth on the rivers here in West Virginia: the Greenbrier, the New River, mm. you know, the South Branch. I mean, th- these rivers are beautiful rivers. They're rocky streams. They run fast. They have you know shallow sandbars, rock bars, and you know, I grew up reading the water, and I loved it. I loved, it, but it was just so hard to get around. Now, I was fishing one year, about uh, six years ago. I was in the New River. And the, the Virginia DNR started this program uh, with their officers where they would take kayaks down the river. And as they were going, they'd pull off on the bank and they'd check licenses and, and they'd make sure, you, you know, you, your limits were good and stuff like that. And I, they checked me so many times. I was out in the middle of the river all the time, you know, waist-deep <laughs> in the water. And they just pull up on a rock and say, hey, you got your license. But they they were in kayaks. And, you know, I could see them coming in some parts of the river. I could see them coming a mile away, and I'd know it was them. You know, you, you could see them. They were the only ones on the river with kayaks. And I think they were uh, old wilderness uh, – um, oh, gosh, what were they? Oh, the Tarpon 120s and stuff like that. And, but it was a great program. And uh, that really got me thinking, you know, I need to get into this. And then uh, I saw a video of Drew Gregory, who is another uh, hammer in, in our sport, uh, he had a video out where he jumped up in this kayak and did a 360 and landed on his feet, and he didn't end up in the drink. And I'm like, I got to have that kayak. What,
2: what, what do you mean a 360?
6: And he jumped up and did a 360. He turned completely around and landed back on his feet, standing up in a kayak.
2: Like head over heels or like spinning? Like no, rotating. just jump
6: up like a pirouette. Like, like a ballerina? Yeah. <laughs> Only his feet did leave the, the, the deck of the boat uh that's and, you
2: pretty,
6: know, that's pretty mean, nimble though that's pretty good oh yeah well he, he, you know he might weigh a buck 20 soaking wet but still <laughs> uh, that's pretty good yeah but no i mean i've seen that you know the the big misconception about a lot of the kayaks back then was you know oh they'll, they'll turn over on you and i ain't gonna get stuck i ain't losing all my stuff and these companies like uh, jackson and wilderness and and uh, hobie and They've seen a need in this market for real fishing kayaks, and, and that's where we're at today. They they've made them where they're so stable. I mean, I've had my boats out on Erie, I've had them on St. Clair, I've had them on St. Clair uh, up against the seawall with five footers coming in, and I mean, cool. it's, yeah, I had a guy on a bass boat last time I was St. Clair. He pulled up and pecked me. He pecked me on the shoulder. He stuck up on me. He scared me to death. And I turned around. I looked at him. He said, uh, "Hey man, I want to shake your hand." And I said, "What's up?" And he said man, you got some serious cojones being out there in that water. He said, I just want to shake your hand. (laughs) You're you're either crazy or brave. I don't know which one you are. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the kayaks are – we can get places that the bass boats can't go, and, you know, and it's just – it kind of creates like a different space for the fish in, and you would be so surprised in the heat of summer how many fish are shallow. It's – I mean Mm – when I was, you know, first got into this, I'm like, man, it's hot. They're going to be in 20, 25 foot of water, and you know, I got to go out there and I got to do this all day, jig a spoon or, 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 or a jig or something like that. And it's just not that way everywhere. I mean, you'd be surprised. It's always there's always something going on shallow,
1: and we we talk about it, it uh, in the bass in, in our world because there's never been a better time to be a shallow water angler with the advent of all the really advanced sonar. A lot of guys are, right. are fishing out, and there's a, yes. not as much fishing pressure on the bank these
6: days, you know? are right. There, a lot of people are out on the ledges and, and fishing those ledges. Nothing against ledges. I have caught some great fish off the ledges, and there's some really good ledge fishermen who consistently catch, catch them there. But, you know, years ago uh, when I started this, one thing that I noticed was if a fish is shallow, nine times out of ten, that fish is active. You know, right. they're not just—they're not just up on the bank because they like to be there. They're there for a reason, and most of the time it's because this where bait fish are. They trap bait, bait fish against the mm-hmm. bank or whatever. So it's a, if they're shallow, they're usually the chances that they're active are more than if they're out there just laying suspended somewhere.
1: Uh, so I yeah. love—I
6: love to beat the banks.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's how we all got started. its, it's, it's such a fun way to fish. Yeah, and, it and is. And I love it. I love it too. My, you know, I—I I discovered through my fishing that my, one of my strengths is flipping and pitching and and um and yep. and that's how i would love to do it love doing this yep. in, you know close quarters combat what yeah. what uh talk to me about your fishing what what
6: are some what what would you say is your fishing strength uh man you know uh i grew up in the mountains of west virginia where we have all it's all army corps engineer reservoirs and and uh i got really familiar with a, a couple areas you know, before they filled them in. And it's, it's really, I think one of my strengths is being able to fish without electronics. Mm-hmm. Uh Knowing how the geography lays in a lot of these, these and like the Tennessee Valley reservoirs, you know, I, I spent two years in this business without electronics and I I was still doing really good without them. And a lot of people couldn't believe I didn't have no electronics on my kayak at the time. But I, I think I can attribute a lot of that is to just knowing you know, you do your research on lake maps and stuff like that, you can get some some drops and stuff and figure out how some of the contour lines fall off of points and stuff, but if you, if you notice the shorelines, keep a real close eye on them, and you can see how they dip, you can see how they come into points, and you can see how the, the, the angle of, uh, a lot of fishermen talk about 45 degree banks, you know, those banks drop off fast, you know, and, and 10 feet out is 10 feet deep, and, and stuff like that, and you, you learn all that, and, you you get to notice uh, you know the intricacies of, of the geography of the lake uh, when you don't you're not fishing electronics you you don't rely on them that much so you know and that and I mean I can find I used to take a one ounce sinker and throw it out and do a countdown I could tell how deep it was you know I mean it's there's a lot of little tricks and nuances to uh, fishing without electronics so you can still get out there and compete and be competitive what, what, you know what, Jody what's the fall
2: rate of a one ounce sinker sinker
6: uh, about two feet per second. Okay. Yeah. You know, about it's quarter. You know, if you're doing a, like a bell sinker, I mean, it, it that's that's pretty quick down. I mean, you can take a half ounce jig with, uh, you know, maybe just a twister tail on the end of it, not a paddle tail, and it'll fall maybe about a foot, foot and a half of, on a count now. I might be counting a little fast or a little slow. I don't know. I say a second, but uh, uh, you know, you can throw it out in one, two, three. Four, five,
2: and pretty good. Get them pretty close, you know. Yeah, I mean here in South, I, you know, I my my entire career was just using my rod tip to tell how deep it is here in South <laughs> Jersey. You know.
6: <laughs> yeah, just, that's that's a shallow lakes, man. Yeah,
2: it's three foot got. or four foot or five foot. In yeah, muck yeah. or uh, snot
4: or. I want to I want to backtrack one second. So you know sure. we fish a lot here in South Jersey, and and Brian has one of them torquitos. So, uh-huh. when, when yes. Brian takes off, he is gone. How fast can kayak <laughs> yes. go with that thing? <laughs>
6: well, uh, it's according to what kayak, kayak you're in. Now, you know, right now in this industry, we don't have kayaks that are actually made for speed. I mean, there are a couple that are, but the fishing kayaks are mostly made for comfort and stability. Right on. So, once you get going so fast, you know, you get around the five-mile-an-hour range. Most of the time, after five or six-mile-an-hour, you're just pushing water. But there are some kayaks out there, like the the ATAC-120 or 140, that will get up upwards of 7.8, eight-mile-per-hour. Wow. That's really fast. Uh, my kayak, my, my bona fide 127s, when I put them in, I can get over seven-mile-per-hour out of those. Uh,
4: bonafide. Uh, That's rolling, man. That's bonafide. Yeah. yeah, the bonafide fide
6: 127, man, it's a it's just a real versatile boat man it's yeah it's got good stability you can stand in it and fish it's got a comfortable seat on it it's got a real high seat so you can sight fish with it um tuna just, and you can take it in the river and you can take it in in the in the heavier waters uh,
4: wow. but if
6: i get on st Clair or area or something like that i'm usually in my hobie the the pa14
4: yeah so so for me you know a lot of a lot of tournaments that i have fished over the years i've actually had a lot of uh, marshals or co hungers from west virginia and every one of them literally has gotten in the boat and said how tough west virginia fishing is is that true oh it's tough yeah it's tough (laughs) if you catch fish in west virginia you can catch them anywhere yeah, we, we kind of say I'm the same telling. thing about South Jersey.
6: We do. Indiana says that. Yep. We yeah. say that. Yeah.
4: Yep. 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 Just, and
6: I agree with you. Yeah. You're probably right. That area, you know, from what I can tell, it's, it's tough too. Yeah. Yep. Very small, you know, overpopulated. Yeah. So, so you've got what? anglers like Ike who grew up in those areas. I mean, look, and look how good he does when he gets away. I seen Ike say one time, you know, oh, it's a big one. It's a big one. Cause course, he says that on all of them. <laughs> but,
4: well, you
6: know, he, he, told, he, he said this one time, dude, I'm from South Jersey, so – you know, if I catch a three pounder that's a big fish. Oh, that's a big yeah. So, you know, it gets so excited, but that's the same way with West Virginia. Uh, you know, we're more known for our rivers than our big smallmouth. So if you're like a lake fisherman, in West Virginia, man, there's only a couple of lakes where you can go to actually, uh, you got a good chance to catch something, you know, seven, eight pounds. Yeah. Why is that? not sure i think a lot of these are and i've, I've talked to a couple of the coordinate corps of engineer guys uh these are mostly flood control dams and they're not really uh cultivated as as fisheries
2: huh, they ain't nothing cultivated up here either <laughs>
6: yeah i know right <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean i was talking to one of the officials down there one night and he said man he said you know we don't have anything to do with that we this is a flood control dam, and you know it's up to the state and, and the DNR to stock and do that. And but they're getting better, you know, in the last couple of years. They, they we got some walleye stocking programs in the state that are okay. And then, uh but it's just a uh, it's deep, clear lakes. I mean, we got a you know Somersville Lake. You can see 30 feet down in it, uh, plain as day, and it's uh, 370 feet deep at the dam. Oh. And, yeah, I mean, it's a just deep. the really tough lakes to find the fish. I mean, they can pull up on a ledge. I've seen smallmouth pull up on a ledge 30 feet down on a real ledge off a cliff, not a ledge that runs out in a lake. They'll be sitting on a two-foot ledge 30 feet down off, off the side. Of it. And it's just hard to hit those areas. Oh, yeah. You know? No kidding. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. I I fished uh, three rivers. I guess, is it the Allegheny that goes through West yeah. Virginia?
6: Monongahela and uh, Allegheny, uh, they all run into and form the Ohio River. That's right. Uh, The area that I'm from is mid-state. The new river starts up. It's one of the only rivers that runs north in the the country and in the world. It starts in North Carolina around Jefferson, South Carolina, or North Carolina, and runs north into uh, – it turns into the Kanawha River around Charleston.
5: (laughs) got yeah. it's wow. not a
6: very small mouth it's a great yeah. small mouth stream in the white water uh, rafting here is that's great. right I, I, I,
1: that's where i've heard i heard
6: about it's yeah. rapids. You yeah know? yeah it's biggins up here yeah, yeah it,
1: mu- it, mu- it must run pretty hard in the springtime
6: it does it runs pretty hard all the time you know in the gorge up here uh we have bridge day up here where they jump off the bridge every year and uh, that gorge right there i mean this is where all the class fours and i mean big big white water in that area now I like to fish it in the areas up across the Virginia line, up toward Blacksburg, uh, Virginia, in that area. It's a lot more docile. You can get out and wade. You, you know, you got some nice paddling. Got a few Class Threes, but that, nothing more than that. Uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty docile, and it's got some bigger fish in it. I think. Tell me, I and I I'm, I'm going to out
1: you. I don't know if I'm outing you or not, but tell me about the DT Thug.
6: <laughs> oh, that DT Thug. Oh, yeah, man. I used to use them, man. Years ago, I had the – I've got two that I bought about – gosh, I guess I've had them for about 15 years. And uh, they're like the chartreuse yellow with a brown top. And uh, that thug, man, it runs a constant eight feet. You throw it out, it goes eight feet like, bam, (laughs) right now. And uh, I used to throw them in in the rock these rocky bottom uh, streams and rivers up here. I used to go out late winter. three degrees you know uh throw that thing out there man just barely get it down to the bottom and it, it will stay and you just barely move it you can feel that thing ticking across there man and the small mouth up here love them and i've never seen anybody use those up here no kidding awesome. yeah I are all throwing ned rigs and stuff like that you know, i'm out there with a prank bait in 43 degree water <laughs> i love it i love it i've got i've got a whole set of- yeah. so, uh, oh dude oh that's awesome dude yeah yeah hang well, on to them I, I, mean, I, don't, I haven't seen them in years
1: yeah there was great bait that Rapala made and uh and
2: we've we've DePama, got a, question has a big history with that bait
4: i do yeah didn't you just say that well no oh, i, I said did. i want to see one that's what i said oh. i want to see one you got one handy <laughs> i don't have them throughout truck. That's, that's the original og like yeah. Thug Life OG, not the not OG, the swim Thug Life. That's right. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, okay.
2: I keep going. Hold on. Give me one second. the thug, the, the Thug
1: is like they they designed it um, to to have a bigger presence in the water to have a big thumping uh, bait to kind of get into that category of the old Bagleys. Uh, you know, big resistance, big thump presence, right. and uh, it's a good little bait. You know, wow. yeah, it's a good bait. Uh, I got a question here I see on YouTube from Agent Adrian Warfield. You you pract and it's interesting. It's like uh you it I'll read the question. You you travel all over the country. How many days do you typically spend pre-fishing for an event? Are you a guy that goes down for weeks in advance, or do you like it better when you're in current conditions just practicing right before the tournament?
6: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And and you know, I like to go usually three to five days before the tournament uh, just because I I have gone down two, three weeks early to check out an area, but the weather patterns change so much that what you're finding a month before you get there, you know, as far as fish, I mean, you can go down and look for structure and and cover and stuff like that and and throw waypoints down and say, well, you know, when I get there, but you're still going to have to deal with, with the now when you get there. So, three to five days for me, uh, big tournaments like the national championship that's coming up in the TOC with Hobie uh, next month, I'll go down, you know, five days early, you know, and I'll look around and, and find some stuff and, and uh, try not to sore lip too many of them. Yeah. But, uh, but three to five days is usually uh, it, what I do. I'll go down on a Tuesday and fish till Friday. Uh, what, what, is it, what does that look like? Do you,
1: like, uh, designate, like, okay, I'm going to look at these two creeks, I'm gonna go out on the main river
6: uh, for a day, or h- how do you break it up? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, that go into when you're doing your research. I mean, I mean, there's certain times of the year, like you know, during the spawn time, uh, you know, you're gonna look for shallow water and and the uh, you know hard bottom, and just like you would anywhere else. And and a lot of times, the best way you can find that stuff. I mean, before I even go down to a lake, I will pull up Google Earth go to the history, find the lowest water levels I can find. And it's all right there laid out for you in front of you. Oh, there's a hump. There's a hump. There's a hump, you know, and, and there's a rock fall. There's a, you know, a, a lay down. You can find that stuff on Google earth. I mean, that's just, that's just one of the tools I use. Uh, I also use like lake old lake maps and stuff like that. I have Navionics, you know, of course, uh, um, and then you just, uh, you know, you find the areas that you think are going to be conducive to the bite for that time of the year. I mean, if, if I'm looking at uh, March and April on Gunnersville or, or uh, Chickamauga, I'm going to go find the flats. You know, I'm going to find those flats. I'm going to find the uh, places with the channels off the edge of the flats where they can, you know, stage and move up. And, and just like anything else. Uh, I want the TOC uh, – couple of years ago the toc is the tournament of champions it's, it's with hobie uh i won that tournament using uh, i used google maps i found two creeks that came in and i found there was a big flat in between them uh on on, on google earth and I, I found it you know during a low water uh picture photograph of it when i got there there was like seven feet of water on it and uh what Those fish were doing, they were laying suspending. Now, this was an October tournament, so it took not to not spawn. But what they were doing, and we all know that you know they like to get somewhere and suspend until and they'll school and they'll hit the bait fish this time of the year, you know, when it starts getting cool. But these fish were suspending in a channel that was about 12 foot deep and they were about four feet off the bottom. I, I couldn't figure it out why I couldn't catch them, and uh, then I figured out I got up on the flat. And what these fish were doing, they were they were staging in in that deep water, and then just every now and then, one or two or three or four of them would come up on the flat. They go pull up on a on a uh, a twig, a branch, a log, a stump. They feed, and then they pop right back down in that channel. And uh, so, I mean, Google Earth can can help you find the areas where that kind of stuff goes on goes on. The rest of it, you're going to have to figure out for yourself. But you take the time of the year, you take water color and water temp and and you kind of just take those those variables and try to put together a plan. Nine times out of ten, I change my plan when I get there. <laughs> it's a fluid it's a fluid thing, man. You got to kind yes. of go with it, you know. But uh, but sometimes it works out when you do your research early. Uh, sometimes it'll work out. You don't have to change much. It might just be a color change or something like that. Technique change, bait change. Yeah, well, that, that's fishing, right? You got A lot of times
1: you got to yeah, pack your yeah. bags and throw right. it out the window. That's and why the go over fishing. on
4: Derby Day. Jody, that's right. You've got to be able to adjust. I, I'm actually impressed, man. You know, just listening to you talk, like you really seem like you're advanced as far as – I'm not saying I didn't think you were, but you really are. And one thing that really sticks out to me, and, you know, every once in a while, I'll do like an on-the-water electronics thing. And yeah. the one key point you said that I think a lot of people miss – uh i'm going back to the intimate part if you can approach your areas knowing exactly the layout the right angle everything possible mm-hmm. dude it's so much better when it comes to catching them yes so much better yes yeah that's, it is that's being,
6: being familiar yes absolutely i agree with you yes yep. yeah i mean you know a lot of a lot of times and and the boat pros and in the kayak anglers uh you know we're on the water so much yep. we have the luxury of building a uh, a library of waypoints, you know, uh, or or memories of an area, oh, I remember that stump, I mean, because we're, we're fishing so much, we're, it's time on the water, time on the water, where the average person who can only get out on the weekend might not have that, you know, that base to pull from. So, you know, that's why I encourage anglers, you know, and Bass University is a great example of of getting that juice out there to the people who can't be on the water 250 days a year like I am uh you know getting that information out there so so they can catch fish too and and uh I think what you guys are doing is just it's a must in this industry and I really appreciate you guys I well I appreciate that and we work hard at it to deliver the goods appreciate you
1: bringing the juice because you know we talk about that and you know, uh, you know, we got to really squeeze guys like Justin Kimmel to get the, the really good juice out of them. You know, don't forget the
6: Riz. Justin, are yeah. you hoarding hoarding the <laughs> juice, man? Hey,
5: I don't know. I feel like I've uncovered more juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Come yeah. on. Uh, I'm sticky. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
1: uh, Riz. Speaking of juice, I it would. Talk to us about the IMs. So who do we who do we have? You have some questions on there for Jody.
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have a very active subscriber base tonight, and uh, as always, we appreciate that because they're trying to
2: win that rod.
3: That's right, trying to that's win right. <laughs> trying to win that cash and rod. Which <laughs> yeah. to win a cash and rod tonight, you have to be brand new cash and rod. Yep, on, you have to be on the Bashu TV message board. Uh, now's a great time to get signed up. Use code Live 30 Get 30 days for free. Unlimited free. access to the website. Now, guys, is that
6: the uh, kayak series rod?
3: Yes,
2: yes, it is. It's the Jody ah. Queen-designed kayak series rod.
6: All right. Yeah. is that is that the Chattergrass you got
3: there? Well, actually,
6: Jody, it's great.
3: It's great that you asked. They can choose of one. They can choose one of the five uh, CK series rods that Cashin is dropping nice. on the fishing industry this year. first. Uh, so it's a great time to uh, to get involved. Get yourself a Cashin rod tonight. Um, and if you're watching on Facebook, don't forget we got a prize for you to like and share tonight's feed to get entered in to win. Um, but without any further ado. The first question that I am going to go with is from, theoretically, Dan. Um, Dan wants to know what your system is for efficiently measuring in photographing fish in mm. a timely manner during a tournament.
6: Oh, yeah, this is big. Go ahead. Yeah. Man, I think one of the first things that uh, people have got to learn before they get into this is, is, is learning how to, I mean, other than the, the safety things, but the actual fishing, is, is how to treat that fish when they catch it. Uh, anybody knows that when you hook a fish and you, and you bring him in fast, he's still green. He's going to give you all kinds of crap. But uh, I always keep a good set of fish grips on the side of my boat. Uh, a lot of times you can lift those things on, drop them over the side and, and they'll calm down. Uh, while you're getting your stuff ready, you get your board out, you get your identifiers out, you make sure everything's ready, you get your phone out. It, it takes, you know, 45 seconds or a minute to do all that and that gives that fish a chance to to uh uh calm down a little bit and it's it's really hard for an angler to stop you know when he's catching fish like that and and i i realize it's you know you want to get that thing on the board and, and take a picture of it but, uh letting them calm down a little bit and you can tell if a fish is is uh kind of hyperactive a lot of times uh, and the smaller fish are the worst ones man
2: uh-huh.
6: uh, those you got to take extra extra care with those 16 17 inch males oh my god
2: especially small <laughs> mouth they, man oh my yeah, god yeah they all
6: spinning oh, your small egg. mouth during the spawn oh my gosh a big female you can get a 20 inch female she's acting like a, a 10 inch uh bass man i mean she's just all over the place up and down i mean because they, they're wanting to get back to the nest but the elevating your, your measuring okay. board, I usually like to take the end of my uh, measuring board and put it up on uh, the end of my net that I keep in the boat or on, on the gunnel of the, the kayak. That uh, creates a little bit of a gravity push on the nose of the fish. So, you know, when they're kind of pushed up against that, they, they kind of calm down a little bit. So, uh, yeah, just let them calm down on the side of the boat, get everything ready. When you put them on the board, try to keep your hands away from the, the gill plates. Uh, don't press on them too hard because they they go crazy. A lot of times, I'll just put my hand over top of them to keep them. If they do flop, I won't actually touch the fish. Uh, you can tell if a fish is going to lay down for you. And as soon as that tail tenses off the board, get ready because they're going to they're going to start flopping. And I have reintroduced those fish back into the water and let them calm down some more, and then and try it again. Uh, a lot of that you can see on some of my videos on my YouTube channel. I, I went through a, a, a piece there where showed, I showed how to get those fish to calm down. And I had some unruly smallmouth that were nesting and they just would not. And I just put them back in the water and eventually they would calm down and that's where I could get, get my pictures taken. Uh, but you need to make sure your phone is on the right settings. Huh. Uh, yes.
4: uh,
6: because if you're trying to pull with that and the longer that fish is out of the water, the more chance it's gonna flop. So get your phone right get your, your uh, camera pulled up, put it in a good safe spot so that when you lay the fish on the board and, and you put his nose against the bump board, make sure his tail's laying flat, you can pull your camera out, get it in a good position, directly over the fish, snap the picture, turn the fish loose. Snap five yeah. more pictures? You can do it, yeah. I always, <laughs> take, I always take at least three pictures of the same fish. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had it bite me where uh, I, I took a picture one time. Uh, the front of the fish was in perfect view and the tail was – blurry so so yeah taking multiple pictures is good for you um don't leave it up to the judges you know don't try to stretch that quarter inch out of there for 10 minutes because it's hard on the fish uh you can conceivably i i caught a fish a, a nice fish a 20 inch bass got him in got him calmed down got my camera out i did it all in two minutes that's pretty so, good i mean you can uh, So, you can it can be done, and what the more you do it, the better at it you'll get. But I think that tilting that board and dropping them over the side and letting them calm down is like
3: 17 seconds or something. Yeah, when he 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 caught that last minute fish on the bay, yeah,
2: I I don't know what it was, but it
3: was was something ridiculous. He 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 caught a last minute fish in that that Bassmaster kayak on the bay, and Yeah, he had like seven seconds to spare, he got it in, it's something crazy. Something ridiculous. So, I, he t- he said think- he was
1: able to get that done in under a minute. Yeah. Is what he is what he said. It was just he had to be ready yeah. and, and got it done. Now my question to you, um had to, you had to go through some hard lessons to get your system down. Joe well, let, ju- let me jump in here, Pete. Let me tell you. Have about, you lost any?
2: Yeah, let me let me jump in for a second, Pete, and tell you about the one time I fished a kayak tournament. And, uh, <laughs> And and tried to try to weigh in the one fish I caught that day, a twenty inch smallmouth, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my in my bass fishing career. <laughs> career. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So when Jody says throw it back over, they have a leash, right, Jody? Yeah, like it's it's like putting them on a stringer, but f- more friendly. It's kind of like yes. a, it's kind <laughs> yes. of some kind of friendly leash that you put them back in. Yeah, the Yeah,
6: it's it's like the uh, the fish grips on the uh, the MLF scales yeah you see them they hook the fish up and they clamp them well these are the same things the ones i use are a little bit bigger than that and they have a a, a rope you can secure the end of them
2: so yeah um, that, that gives you the chance to get the fish in a good position and then dig your phone out from some safe place so it doesn't fall out of the kayak right and also dry your hand off yes yes because you get a wet hand on your iphone you got the fish in position you start trying to take a picture and you're you get drop a drop a water on the screen and now you're taking a video and oh my god
6: so let (laughs) let me give you another piece of advice right there and i always do this especially when you're out in the sun and your board's out in the sun dip your board in the water before you put that fish on it Mm -hmm. uh that board is super hot man and you lay that fish on it it's frying pan to them and and it's not good for the fish either but it puts them into a frenzy so make sure that your board is is wet and, and cooled off it makes a difference it makes a big difference no,
1: I just like I said, Jody, I, I gotta envision you lost them, the camera fell in, the, the fish grips came undone while the fish was in the water.
6: You know. I you know, I I I was using a new set of, of grips that I, I'm I'm not gonna mention who they're made by, but uh last year and I had a personal best mm. uh, northern strain largemouth. It was it was right around eight pounds. Wow and I just dropped it over the side, and and you know, when I was getting my stuff ready like I always do, and I felt this little tug on the side of the kayak, and I just reached over to pick it up, and it was gone. Wow! Oh, oh that my was, God. That's, That that was one time that I really I felt like I was getting sick. That's a horror
4: story. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah, in a um, tournament?
6: N- n- no, it was just Ooh. I was out fishing. It was a it was a monthly tournament, but uh, you got all month to replace that fish. Uh, uh, it was an online tournament. You got the rest of your so, life to replace uh, it. Another time, another time was actually was not while I was uh I was fishing for thirty-five thousand dollars in a in a championship on Toledo Bend. And I was real close. I needed one good fish and it would have put me in, in the lead. And there was only like thirty minutes left in, in the tournament. I pulled up on a big stump field up there at the mouth of Indian Creek on Toledo Bend and uh threw a jackhammer out. Uh in about six foot of water, and I was running it back pretty pretty hard, pretty hard. I was, you know, keeping about a foot below the surface, and I had one about seven or eight pounds smash it. And the first thing he did was he run right to the front of the kayak and uh, wrapped me around a limb, and I could see the fish there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So he was down about two feet, so I grabbed my net and was pulling myself up, and I was going to reach down and just get the net around him, you know, and pulling. I didn't care if it broke the line once I, once I got him netted. And as uh, soon as I socked the net in the water, he jerked one time, and he, he sat there and looked at me with my jackhammer hanging out of the side of his mouth. That was a thirty-five thousand dollar fish. Oh. 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, those things happen, guys. You know, I mean, when it, when I first got into this, I mean, every little thing bothered me. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I don't know why. But you know, after you do it for a while, you realize that you're. It's going to come back around to you. You're going to find those times when. You know, a big bass runs you through four poles under a dock, and for some ungodly reason, you pull him back through all of it. You know, it it takes – it gives about as much as it takes. So you just got to keep doing it and and stay positive and don't panic in those situations because you'll break your line or do something silly, and then you can really be mad at yourself. But sometimes stuff happens that you can't do anything about. Understood. $35,000 fish,
1: that's a a tough loss, man. That's That's a tough one. I can, I can I can appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. Riz, you got another
3: IM for us? Yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to go with is from our good buddy Craig Durand, uh, the eco bass angler on the message CD. board. Um, and he wants to know, uh, uh, Jody, do you have any tips on, on hook sets and how a hook set may be different between a kayak and a boat? He finds that his landing ratio is way down when he fishes out of a kayak rather than his bass
5: boat. Great
6: question. Yes, uh, there's a couple factors you need to consider when you're in a, in a kayak. Um, you know, rod, rod length can be a big factor. Uh, what happens a lot in a kayak is if you're throwing moving baits like a spinner bait or chatter bait, uh, even a crank bait, uh, you know, there's a constant force pulling you toward that bait. So your kayak is moving toward the strike almost all the time when you're working banks like that. So what happens is that fish will come up and hit, and as soon as it hits, the bait stops, but you're still going toward it, toward the strike. So what you need is, what I like to do to try to take care of that is I use a little longer rod, and a lot of people use, well, I'm in a kayak, I use shorter rods because, you know, you can't, you know, jerk baits or whatever, but I don't. I use a longer rod, and what happens is it kind of compensates for your movement toward that fish. And that fish movement towards you, towards you. Now with a chatterbait, a lot of times I know you guys use these chatterbaits. You know when they hit, a lot of times they'll run straight at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially I, for some reason during the spawn down south, man, they all seem like they always run right at me. They just barely tap it and just run right at me. Uh, a high speed reel. I throw my chatter base and I tell people this, and they think I'm crazy, <laughs> but I throw my chatter base on, a, on at least a 7.5, but most of the time an 8.3 to 1. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do that is it gets the fish out of the, the grass a lot faster and you're able to make up that ground. So that with the added sweep of the rod uh, makes up a lot of ground fast. So that fish can't put slack in your line and work that hook loose. And that's a real common problem with kayaks because, like I say, the kayaks are always moving toward the strike uh, when you're working base like that. Now, if you're anchored somewhere, it might be a little different. You you, your you hookup ratio is going to be a little bit better. But if you're moving and working the banks, running the gun, and, and doing that in a kayak, you got to compensate for the movement of the kayak toward the strike. Put your, put your torpedo in reverse. Uh, get that bite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just one more thing you got to do, but I mean, you can do that. <laughs> you
5: know, I, I've kayak fished, I guess three times. And I feel like every time I got in a kayak, I caught them or they bit at least because the first yeah. four fish that I ever had a bite from, I missed. And what right. I found, what I figured out is the same thing that you're talking about when you, even when you're setting the hook on a worm, you're still pulling yourself towards that right. fish everything and what I found is not just the longer rods but going down from stepping down to like a lighter wire hook yes you know and yeah. doing more of a reel set reel it hard in make that rod bend and then cinch it in and I'd have a lot more success um, but that also the the other theory that I have because I, I honestly I'm not as experienced but the reason I felt like I always caught them is because it's like they don't know you're there it, you know, it, which yep. it taught me as a bass boat angler to be more stealthy. Those experiences in a kayak, yep. I I really feel like there's something different there yeah. with the bass boat twenty something feet. You got, I mean, golly, now now we're all sounding like R two D two out there with all this yeah. sunar, <laughs> everything it's just yeah. we're yeah. those fishes faces off. But that is
6: a good point, yeah.
5: I felt I feel like with shallow fish, I I don't I don't I don't care how muddy or clear the water is. I feel like they know the presence of the boat more than ever before in fishing right now.
4: And so, kayak yes.
5: taught me, I just feel like they don't hardly know you're there in a kayak. You can you yeah, can
6: drive so it up in 7 feet of water. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I, I do that all the time. And and I think a lot of it has to do I mean they're, fish are really pressure sensitive. And if you're fishing on top of them like that, and you're dropping into, you know, water displacement, big boats cause a lot of water displacement. There's a lot of, of, of ambient noises going on in the boat you are pinging. I've been in lakes where I've turned off, you know, so pre- a, a heavily pressured lakes, so I've turned my unit off if I over top of a, a, a piece of cover or something. I'll turn my units off so it doesn't ping. And a lot of people do that. That's no big secret. Uh, but it, but it helps. but kayaks they displace very little water. Mm-hmm. They have a very shallow draft. And you know we have this marine decking that I see a lot of the boats are going to now. It's just really quiet and you can keep sure are. quiet. you can equip your kayak to be quiet and stealthy. There's a stealthy piece of equipment and it just doesn't spook those fish as much, I don't think. And, and yeah, a yeah. lot of times I've had those fish come up and get in my shade underneath my kayak. And I've dropped right off the edge of my kayak and caught those fish. I mean, it's, it's really wild. I've been fishing with a buddy in the river and, and throw right up against these kayak and catch a smallmouth right underneath these kayak because they're just, they're just not that afraid of them for some reason. Mm. Uh, but I think it's because of, of like maybe water displacement and stealth and you are sitting closer to the surface of the water. Yeah. Uh, you're not up doing this and, and throwing, you're not, waving your arms you're not running back and forth on from the back to the front you're a part of that obstacle that's floating on the water for them you're just a part of it and as long as you don't get real flagrant you know with throwing your arms and stuff they just think you're something floating through and uh, a lot of times like nesting fish uh you know you can float through these fish and i won't I won't even move if they know I'm there and I come up and we surprise each other or they, they kind of, you know, you can tell if a fish knows you're there, their tail will get agitated and they'll kind of turn and look. I don't move. I'll float right by them. When I get good 10, 15, 20 feet by them, then I'll turn around and just cast on them. I mean, you can sneak right by them. They just think you're something going by, you know? How
1: about Uh, your casting?
6: Do you have to use different
1: casting strategies? I got to imagine, uh, you know, you got, how do you go about developing those? Do you, do you
6: practice well, I mean, or? not much? Not much difference in like when you're open water casting. Uh, you know, you can stand up in these kayaks and just and, and wink, whizzle, man. I mean, you can use the big ploppers. and when you're using baits like that, where you're over, there's not much difference. However, you know, if you're if you're doing boats, or I mean, sorry, if you're doing docks, uh, doing the you know laydowns and you know coming off the banks, you're trying to skip back under them you can actually skip a lot better from that position than you can from, from a boat from my standpoint. I use a lot of a lot of undercasts like this, uh, just an under-roll cast. I, I find myself doing that a lot. Uh, it just it's it's a real subtle presentation. The bait doesn't hit the water really hard. Uh, even when you're casting forward, if you notice if you do a little roll cast underwards, the bait always lands a little softer because it, it's coming from here instead of from up here uh right yeah and so so i mean you know the presentation from a kayak is usually a little bit softer you know than it is from a when you're standing six seven feet off the water um, well let are while we're
1: talking about it you know you gotta you're you're coming out with a new set of sticks uh to yeah. do all this casting work uh let, let's uh you know what's what's the big announcement what's happening with cashing and what's happening with this uh
6: this rod line you're working on yeah so so cashing is coming out with uh a, a kayak series and actually i've got one out here i'll kind of show you i'll go through some of the features over here uh you can tell these rods you know they got they got the paddle on them so they're unmistakable to uh for a kayak angle uh that's very cool yeah so and they're fantastic. I mean, this right here is the and Jig Rod. I, I love this rod. Uh, man, I've already had it out and field tested it for a while, and it's just, it's done really well. Uh, but they changed a few things uh, uh, on a normal rod. These handles are about a half inch short. And the reason why we decided to go with that is, you know, you're always wearing a life jacket when you're in, in, a, in a kayak. So you're always, your rod is always in this area right here. And what happens is on the longer handled rods, like a Carolina rig rod or something like that, you're just you're getting hung up in your stuff here all the time so this shorter uh shorter handle right here keeps you out here it keeps the butt away from your body so you can you know it's comfortable you can move it around um they uh uh they they're using the ev uh a foam butts here because it, we're all constantly putting them in and out of our uh our rod holders uh and it, it just tends—we're rough on our rods, man. Kayak anglers are so rough on their equipment; it's crazy. I mean, we we bump up against docks. The tips are always hitting something off, out of the boat and the trees, or so. These rods have to be really tough, and these these rods are made for that kind of abuse. And and uh, they're, they're they're weighted handles. I mean, there's stuff for a the price point of these rods is right around one hundred sixty dollars. They perform like a two hundred fifty dollar rod. You can't beat them. Uh, I, I'm really, really, really impressed with them. They've done a good job with them. They Jody, really
1: Jody, you, the you, Jody. Let me ask you a question. You said weighted handles. Did they weight the handle to offset the the weight reduction by shortening the handle, or uh, to balance no, the rod? Is some, what, some what technique is, specific
6: what is that? rods? Some technique specific rods. That they require. I, I think they do better if you got a little weight in the handle, like a worm and jig rod, a flipping rod. Uh, when you're when you're doing this all day long. You know, uh, the fatigue in your arms, you know, if, you're, if your rod is a lot yep. tip heavy, it, it really gets you down through here. But with this weighted butt and like the worm and jig rod uh, and our flipping rod in that series, uh, they're weighted. So it, it's just a little easier on you. Uh, you can feel the strikes a little bit better because you got more sensitivity in the handle. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the reason why I like a weighted handle on certain technique-specific rods.
1: I, I like it. so
6: this what so what's coming out we have
1: five models coming
6: out we have five models coming out right now we have a uh, a drop shot um yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry we have a shaky head model in, in the spin cast and uh i'm i want to put it in order i'm gonna tell you what's happening a lot of guys are, are switching over to uh the regular uh uh bait casting uh setups for uh for shaky heads for some reason it's, it's it's a hot thing right now in the kayak uh, in the kayak world, uh, so I'm going to try to get them to do a series, uh, add to this series, and do one of those rods too. But that's that's down in in the, in the future. We have the shaky head. We have a flipping stick, uh, which also has the weighted butt. Uh, we have the worm and jig rod, and of course, my favorite rod is the Chattergrass rod. Now, you it's a kind of a, like a technique specific, technique specific rod. Uh, it's built for heavy grass it's not a normal chatterbait rod where it's it's not a glass rod it doesn't have that type of bend it does, it's not parabolic it's designed to fish really heavy grass Guntersville Chick uh South for- uh, in Florida Orlando the, the semi chain those heavy heavy grass areas uh, I've had them in, I've had this thing in fell's man I'm telling you it works really good and what hap- what the way we designed this rod is we have put a lot of backbone into it up until about 18 inches before it gets to the tip. And what happens is is when you are running that bait through that grass that heavy heavy grass, uh, when it hangs up and you just keep reeling that thing down, the rod the backbone of that rod kicks in and it pops that thing out of the grass and we all know what happens. When, when your bait pops through grass, Oops. and you get the strike. That's it, man. That that is yep. what elicits those strikes. It's like bumping a spinner bait off a log or a crank bait off a rock. It's the same thing with grass, and and um, it's a, it's a little more violent when it comes off that grass uh, than say a spinner bait or something like that. So it gives you a, a little bit of chance at a strike. And we have, I think, Cashin is probably getting tired of, of Corey Dryer and I because. <laughs> Corey's another big hammer in the sport, man. He's just a great guy and a really good friend of mine. Uh, we have been on this. We have sent like three or four prototypes back in the last year and a half, and they're they're probably tired of looking at us, man, if I tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm glad they have patience. But we want this rod to be right. So, And that's what we're shooting for. We want the perfect heavy grass, technique-specific chatterbait rod. And that's what this is. And it's going to be coming out good. Corey's over on Facebook saying you are Mr.
1: Chatterbait himself. That's, what he, calls, I don't that's know. what he calls you. I think
6: he's buying for that spot too, man. I mean, him and I have won so much money off of Chatterbait, it's it's, it's crazy how much we use them. There's got to be something to that. I
5: feel like every time I've run into a kayak fisherman, 70 to 80% of the time they're winging a Chatterbait,
6: man. Yeah.
5: I don't sure. know if it's just something that you can just – you know your presentation stays based on a bad angle. You know you can you still yeah. got a presentation on a bad angle or or what yeah, and exactly? I can, and you can take a chatterbait in
6: a kayak and run it off. You can just wing it off to the side, and yeah. you still got control over the speed of it and all that. And you can throw it in heavy grass and you can keep moving. And it's a great search bait. Uh The jackhammers, like the Z-Man jackhammers that I, that I use here. These baits are so versatile, dude. I dropped them on the bottom and jerked them off the bottom, let them fall like a jig, they hit them. You pull them out of the grass, they hit them. Uh you know, I I call them murder holes. You know when you're fishing and you see uh, you see the uh the high drill and it'd be a nice big thick carpet and all of a sudden you see that hole. I call those yeah. murder holes. That's what <laughs> I call them. Because so, like when it. you drag when you drag something across one of those holes, a frog or a chatterbait, they murder it. So, a lot of times I'll come across with the jackhammer and just pause at the edge of those holes and let it drop down in, pop it a couple times, pull it back out. But most of the time, when that thing drops in there, they're on it. And what makes these really good for that is they start up so quickly when you throw them in the water, they're they're vibrating almost instantly. You know, just just an eighth turn of that handle or just pull back a little bit, that blade is going almost instantly so that really makes them good for that and that rod you know coupled with an 8-3 i mentioned an 8-3 to one reel that's one of the reasons why I use such a, a, a fast reel is because when I'm fishing that heavy grass sometimes it's six inches below the surface of the water and you want to be able to burn that thing across you there and make as much noise you can just let it tick and, and grab that grass pull it loose I mean just be as bad to it as you can be awful with that bait treat it bad and uh <laughs> yeah and so and that eight three helps you do all that you know and yeah. and if you get hooked up in that you know it gets them out of there a little faster. you got a longer rod and you got that eight three so uh if you can get them going your way you can get them out of there pretty quick i like
1: it i mean it makes sense after we were talking about with the uh, duran's question about you know keeping fish pinned you've got high speed reel you've got a little bit stouter rod you're going to be able to apply pressure a little bit quicker. And you, you mentioned the chatterbait, you're, you're, um, you know, you're a lipless uh, guy. What, what's your couple questions on that? What, what's your line and, and what are your, what are your top trailers that you're rigging out your jackhammers with?
6: Yeah. So uh, my line, I use a uh, floor carbon line. Uh, there's a couple different lines. I like the Snapper FC. It's a really good line. The Tatsu is, is excellent line. Uh, it's a little expensive Uh, um you know i use uh anywhere between 17 and 20 pound test almost 95 percent of the time and if i'm down south fishing a chatterbait down there it's 20 pound test fluoro um and rarely rarely do i dip below a 17 or 18 pound test fluoro anywhere that i'm fishing right right a
1: lot of a lot of guys do a lot of guys go lighter but man i kind of error on the side like you do with the the heavier uh fluorocarbon
6: uh i'm just throwing in in such terrible places man (laughs) you know (laughs) you got to be able i have to yank fish out when you're yanking an eight pounder out and it's got six pounds of grass on it you know i mean you got to get them things out there you know and
1: i just don't trust
6: anything else
1: yeah well not not everybody catches eight pounders like you and me you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 love I love it i love but i gotta know about your trailers i mean are you do you mix it yeah. up do you have one that you go to all the time or no i
6: mix it up a little bit you know if i'm fishing real heavy grass a lot of times uh you know i'll i'll use what they call a razor shad let's see if i got one mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. the razor shads they don't have a boot tail on them. let's see if i can get that where you can see it uh see the it's tails are flat you know and it's a flat tail bait And uh, I typically that a lot of times if I'm hanging up a lot in the grass or it's real too thick, you know, if I'm, you know, or if it's a little cooler water and they don't want as much action, I'll go with that flatter tail. Uh, But most of the time I'm using a diesel minnow, which is also by uh, by Z-Man. You can see that they got a thinner boot on them. So it's kind of the best of both worlds of of, uh, vibration. You know, if if they don't want too much, it. They'll still hit it. If they want very little, they'll still hit it. Uh, also, uh, they have the minnows. Now, this is a smaller bait, so a lot of times if I'm you know, getting a lot of strikes where uh, they're just grabbing the end of it and turning loose of it, I will switch to the minnows. They've got a little uh, thicker boot tail on them, but they're shorter, and so what happens is they get more of the, of the bait in their mouth. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I was fishing a tournament, and I was throwing the uh, the diesel minnow, on. What they were doing was this coming up and grabbing the tail of it, and I switched to a little smaller bait, uh and this minnows right here, and that seemed to do the trick. So, I mean, those little adjustments that you make with them are, are they can make a big difference on a chatter bait. Riz, but the you? Diesel, you uh, yeah.
1: uh, I know you. We we call this technique the zip zip, where we alter. <laughs> The the you know we 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 fish it a lot a uh, different ways uh you know yeah. how are you fishing it or do you have some uh, techniques that you use that uh you'd like to share with us like <laughs> are,
3: are you asking me Pete or
2: yeah us uh, give us all your ChatterBait secrets right now <laughs> uh,
1: well no I, I mean I mean I'll, I'll, now you you inspired this question Rich that's all I, I'm uh I, I want to see how Jody fishes it does he zip zip does he Flutter?
6: Do you, do you do you rip it? What do you what are you doing with your chatterbait? Man, if I'm fishing shallow, fishing heavy grass, I fish it a lot like a I fish it a lot like a, a swim jig. You know, hmm. I'll throw it out, and as soon as it hits the water, I'll get that blade working, and I'll just pop, 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 and then I'll reel down and just keep try to keep it high in the water column. I will pop, pop, pop it. I use that technique. I also use a technique where I'll I'll throw in, you know, if I'm fishing, you know, a couple feet of water and there's grass around and a lot of hangups or something, I'll I'll reel it two or three feet, pop it a few times. You just got to experiment with it. I have thrown them out on grass edges, uh, like like a jig, you know, if you've got a good, well defined edge of grass dropping off in the deep water, I'll throw it on the edge of the grass. I'll let it drop down and hit bottom. Uh, And a lot of times it'll hit a little piece of grass on the bottom and I'll let it sit there and then I'll just pop it, you know, and let it sink, pop it, let it sink. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Smallmouth on pickwick, if you're fishing below the dam, you can take one of these jackhammers in, a, in an ounce and a quarter, uh, throw it on there, throw it out in the deepest, ugliest looking current you can find and just bump it on the bottom and hop it and bring it back to you and bust it off the of rocks on the bottom, Smallmouth love them. So there's a lot of different techniques that's, uh, you know, you just got to figure out the right one. It's a very versatile bait. Everybody throws them a little bit different. Uh, Just find out what it is that they want and let the fish tell you what to do. Good good advice. Interesting
1: techniques. Riz, now I am throwing it to to you for another I am for Jody.
3: All right. The uh, the next question we're going to go with uh, is going to be from Slater um Hmm. and slater wants to know uh jody what are some of the modifications that you make to your kayak to help you in your bass fishing tournaments slater win slater won himself a gills gear gift card for that question congrats slater
6: (laughs) all right nice
3: go ahead greg well
6: uh uh, sorry i don't it's not really about the modifications as much as it is about the equipment that i use i think um you know, if I'm fishing early, in, you know, in the year and I'm fishing around the spawn and I'm always on flats, i have a power pole on the back of it. Uh, you know, if I'm fishing more open water, I use the power pole a lot. Uh, I can, you know, if you're taking pictures, you can drop your power pole and, and take pictures and, and uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, Yak Attack makes a lot of equipment like uh, this, uh, the, the double, uh, shoot, what's it called, the double header where, you can, you know, you can get your paddles and stuff and keep your deck open. That's always good. Keeping your deck open, uh, and they're they're coming out with some more stuff that offsets the uh, uh, stuff that you can hang off to the side a little bit, but not way out. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now. They're probably going to get after me for not knowing, but uh, but those those kind of things, you know, keeping your deck open and and having plenty of room to move around, having your net in a in an area that is free of of, of other things. Uh, in the boat, like getting hung up and, and stuff like that. Having that net within easy reach is, is, is a big plus. Uh, having a rod ready, uh, like a, I keep a lot of my rods in, in a centralized area, like a black pack. And uh, uh, I'll keep one rod in a rod holder that uh, in the uh, in the kayak itself so that I can just reach, if I see a top water bite, I'll just reach and grab that rod, have a top water bait on it and throw for it. So yeah, I mean, the kayaks, we carry five, six, seven, eight rods, just like uh, the bass boats do. Um, But yeah, and you know, uh, having a good anchor system, if you're fishing rivers and moving current and, or heavy wind, uh, try to have your good anchor system. Um, Let's see, who makes the anchor system? Anchor Wizard, Anchor Wizard. Uh, Anchor Wizard has one out, the uh, the bomb, Anchor Company has the, the ball that looks like a bomb, and you can drop it off the front of your boat. You have a little crank right here. It's, it's, it's a winch that you can drop that. It's a one-way winch. You hit a button, and it, it just goes down, and then you can crank it back up. But, you know, having those things on your boat uh, when you need them is is paramount to success on the water, really. I mean, it's, the, it's all about the accessories. I don't really modify the boat itself that much uh, other than maybe cutting a few holes for uh, uh, putting a fish finder or something like that on it.
4: Jody, I want to I want to add uh, to this real quick if I can. So sure. I see I see you wearing a Dakota Lithium hat. I would say for a kayak, um, lithium is probably a must. For the guys that are probably looking to get into yes. kayaks or buy a lithium, what's the amp hour you'd recommend mm-hmm. for a kayak?
6: Great question. Well, and now it's according to what what your draw is on your units. Most units are running, you know, drawing about one point five. So you know, at least you can. I like to go with. For most units, I'll go with a 23 amp hour Dakota lithium. Uh, reason being is, I mean, if you're not running active target or something like that, that, that battery a lot of times will get you through a day and a half of good hard fishing. And when I say day and a half, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 12 hour one day and then three, four hours the next day, you still got juice. Uh, the 23 amp hour is really good. Now, if you're getting into the, uh, the live target, the active target and, and stuff like that, you might want to bump it up to 54 amp hour that you can keep in the tank well of your kayak. Uh, the the big advantage of these is like you mentioned earlier, they're so much lighter than lead acid. And if you're in a kayak, the weight is a big deal. So you wanna go as light as you can. Uh, but the 23 amp hour is really good. And uh, I right now for my active target system, I've got a, a small uh, Apache box. It's just a hard shell plastic box. I've got two 18 amp hours in it. They're paralleled and that's a, it's a 36 amp hour, uh, equivalent. So that's, that's what I use to power Mac active target. I get one good real solid day and part of another day out of it. Uh, but yeah, if you're just starting out and you want, you're powering up a seven ti or a, a, you know, a, a nine inch screen hummingbird or even all the way up to a 12 inch screen, you can get a good solid day out of that 23 amp hour. It's a real good place to start for your power. Perfect. Great. Uh, great Greg
2: Greg, 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 you went a shirt. Yeah. All right, <laughs> it's three X
3: though. Yeah, four X or three X. Three X. You win it. a three X
2: Bass University T-shirt. I, I might know somebody that. Oh, no,
1: that's right. Yeah. And we're we're gonna we're gonna add one month free of Bass TV, Greg, oh, right thanks. to your pride <laughs> <laughs> oh My goodness, that's disrespectful, Peter. Whatever. Hey, Jody. <laughs> Jody, it was great uh having yeah. you hang out with us and uh you know introducing us all to the cash and fishing rods and and it, it you can see mm-hmm. you know you you have this great ability to communicate and uh, and and spread the message so you're great for yes. the, the kayak world and look for great things from you and really appreciate you taking you. some time and and sharing knowledge with us tonight
6: Oh man, it's my honor, dude. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on Like uh, like to get out there, spread the word, I like to see people catch fish. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful sport. I want to see as many people as I can get into it. I I love to see people out doing it. Awesome. What the, now you're, you said you're
1: going to Louisiana next, right? That's your, yes. your next event. When is that? Yes. And how
6: can people follow it? So that's going to be October 15th and 16th, uh, and 17th, I think. Uh, yeah, you can pull up a uh, kayak bass fishing, and the, you can find links to uh, Fishing Chaos, which will put you on a leaderboard. You can follow uh, live as the fish are getting added. I mean, you can watch them tally up right there in front of your very eyes. On a, It's a great app. And uh, yeah, just go to kayak bass fishing and you can find out everything you need to learn right there about how to follow the along on all the tournaments, not just that tournament, uh, you know, all the trail tournaments and and the monthlies and, and the challenge series and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a great, great app to have. All right. Well, uh guys, go check it out. We're going to be watching and
1: pulling for you. And, uh, you know, yeah. thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is, this is Jody Queen. He is, he is a professional kayak angler, uh Jackhammer master, uh Cash and Rods <laughs> designer, and an artist. a Renaissance man, <laughs> artist, musician. Yeah. I never sleep.
2: I never sleep. <laughs> <Where's that? laughs>
1: hey, guys, well, thank you really so much for having
2: you. me.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for hanging out with us, buddy. We'll be watching
6: you on the next every hey can I give a big quick shout out to a couple of my sponsors? Do you mind Absolutely. sure? Uh, uh, guys, head over to Fishing Online and get geared up for all your fishing trips. That's where I get uh, all my stuff. They keep me supplied really well. Uh, Torquedo, of course, which, pa- which powers my boat that gets me around. Check them out. They, uh, the the new 1103 is a three horsepower equivalent, and it'll put you down the water fast. Dakota lithium batteries, we just talked about. They power everything in my boat. Uh, really appreciate them. Uh, of course, catching fishing rods. I, I do what I do, and. You know, I couldn't do what I do with that. <laughs> so, uh, I do. I do yeah, those is. guys, and guys, Z-man baits, give, give them a try, guys. The jackhammer, everybody knows about the jackhammer. Everybody knows that it catches fish, but they make a whole line of great baits. They're spinner baits. The Z is my other go-to bait. These things are awesome. I mean, they're just amazing baits. They're, they float. They're elastic. They last forever. You can't go wrong with them. So just give them a try. This is the base that I like. If you don't like them, I understand. Go back to what you're using, but they're the base that I like, and I've been doing pretty good with them. So uh, guys, check them out. Please check out my channel on YouTube, which is uh, Jody Queen Fishing on YouTube. I'm building content on that channel right now, and uh, I've got you know five or six decent videos, uh, tournament recaps, and I try to teach as much as I can while I'm on there. I'm not Bass University, but I'm doing the best I can. So, uh, guys, get over and check that out and give me a like and subscribe. I'm trying to build it up. And I really appreciate everything you guys do for the sport. And thanks for having me on. Take somebody fishing. Wear your life jacket, guys. Uh, and I'll see you on the water. Oh, yeah. Jody, Jody Queen,
1: everybody. Thank you, man.
2: I want I I want. I want that tour of the uh, building. So, whenever, whenever you're doing that after hours, let me know.
6: <laughs> you got that, man. You got it. Yeah.
2: Down to see I want to see that building. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. All
1: uh, right. Uh, all right.
3: We'll
1: yeah. That's great. That's uh, that's so awesome. Uh, appreciate them hanging out and spending time with us, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're taking on uh, one one of the one of the big problems right now in fishing is the these early cold fronts that are challenging us all. How are you going to get through them? How did our guys get through them? Because we had a bunch of guys out there battling it this weekend, uh trying to figure out how to get these fish to bite when conditions are starting to change in early fall. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back talking cold fronts, guys. Hang in there. moment on the water
0: not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating. Integrating and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.
6: Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the Bass Angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed.
0: I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant! Some have been more Giant. successful okay. than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail it happens every time. The chain gang. Okay. <sighs> broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, I could motor oil gotta keep the rust off all these baits WD 40 keep the rust off. Silica toothpicks q tips. The list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambeau Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. (laughs) The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambo Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat.